Welcome to FME Attention Undivided. Thank you for coming. My name is Dan O. I run freemusicempire.com uh, and my son saw his first Flow Rider music video today. Uh, <laughs> perfect reaction, perfect mixture of confusion and indifference. Uh, so I am joined here today. This is uh, the best way to describe these two is that is description they gave, which is the Tara Patrick of this blog era rap shit. We are yes, yes, I like that. <laughs> Morgan. Um, Absolutely. I yeah. mean, this, thank you for coming. Uh, so twofold, right? Thank you for coming here because you just released your best album, uh, Don and Vaughn, which is unbelievable. Thank uh, you. Thank you. And, and we'll get into it. But also because like I so I started Free Music Empire the end of 2010, maybe. Uh, I, I was I didn't have dreams of becoming a music writer. Honestly, I just thought the people doing music reviews were a little bit racist. Um, and and I wanted that to be less so. Um, so I, I was you guys were at the heart of this wave of music that changed everything um you know with just really cool exciting music that was different that was individual um and so hopefully i can talk to you a little bit about the history where you've been where you are um and and what you've seen along the way so that's that's really cool um i appreciate i appreciate definitely yeah. We're definitely thanks for having us having us on that's that's a that's, a, that's a, a, a fair amount of time to be running a site, you know what I'm saying? Especially if you didn't want to be a journalist, so to speak. You just kind of let let the journey take you to the destination. No, I mean, like, I, so I was a, I'm a writer, a short story writer, all these different kinds of things. And so, like, I started to realize, like, music was necessary to write. So I was really excited about it. And, mm-hmm. and then I would read the reviews and I'd be like, what did they say about currency? This is weird. Like, they, they were just, it felt like a lot of the writers were 40-year-old white dudes from Baltimore who were mad smashing pumpkins wasn't a thing anymore. and just had to write about <laughs> I hear you on that, yeah. So, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, so it was, and they weren't from the culture. They, they you mm-hmm. know, so you could right. see that. And, and I think, honestly, I think that's hit you guys a little bit, right? You guys got a 5.8 on pitchfork back when that meant something back when that was a yeah that was, that was a ridiculous review yeah 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 i mean you know uh the the politics of of rec- the record like the record review industry and not the record review industry but like just that whole media thing there's so many different factors and drivers that go into it like it definitely was at a time when it meant something and it was very important like in in that era it's, it, had, it had like a certain level of prestige, but you know, looking back, everything is like grand assault level. You know what I'm saying? Like, I understand. I understand viewpoints subjective. I understand that you got. I understand the the institution is writing about you. You know what I'm saying? Or the the publication rather is writing about you. Just the writer's motive. There are so many things in play when it comes to like just that score or talking about somebody's music that. I don't know. I, I I definitely didn't have this point of view back then, but like now I'm just kind of like, 
Well, at least you talked about it. <laughs> yeah, it, it it goes it it can go either way sometimes, but yeah, definitely that one. When I saw that one, I was like, yeah, they did you did you even really give it a shot, or did you just like skim through and like that was like the assignment for the day? You know what I mean? Right. No, and and I'm not trying to put anybody else on blast. Like I said, I'm not a journalist. I don't do it, but I follow it like sports, right? So that was uh, Brooklynati. Pitchfork review, yeah, written by Ian the Hammer Cohen. We used to call him the Hammer uh, because, like, eighty nine percent of his reviews were just like shredding people, you know. Yeah, uh, and so they would bring him in, and if it was like a fancy rock album, he liked it. But if it, he was brought in to shred most of the stuff, um, and so I didn't even know that. So you just taught me something. No, he was he was he was like that. He was brought in to hammer. Yeah, I, I think I, I think I read like an article about him. Like somebody somebody like kind of just explained his role. Like and I, again, like that's why I'm I'm just familiar. Like you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. when you're trying to figure out how to get another review at a publication, and you research the person who wrote the last article, and you hear like, oh, that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Like right. Uh huh. Yeah, I, they were probably most like stuck on the name or whatever. Well, yeah, they had the whole. You guys were caught up in that. That review is the reason I brought it up. I don't want to like mm. bring up bad stuff. I'm just. I think it's an important thread in the blog era, right? During the blog, yeah. era, during the blog era, a lot of people were accused of being nostalgic, right? They were mm-hmm. like, there was a lot of pointing. Like, you're nostalgic. You're trying to be the. And the headline on that was like, you guys are trying to be native tongues, right? Uh, right. And. It was a time when, like, if you were rapping over a trap beat, that was like you were part of the new school. You were cool, you know. And that—that's all it took, yeah. But you know, I, I would even go a step to say, like, those experiences definitely become a part of the fabric of who you go on to be in a way. Like, you know, what I'm saying, like, like if if you get good reviews the first time out and then get panned the second time out or panned the first time out, like. It's possible to let that kind of put a chip on your shoulder or a battery in your back. One or the two, but it energizes you in a certain way. Um, and unless you live in a vacuum, you can't just not pay attention to the way a person receives your art. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, I mean, I don't, I don't think that, I think that more than anything, we had enough, we had enough going on behind the scenes and enough going on, like just with being interested in making the music that we make that I won't say that those, reviews didn't affect us but they definitely didn't like it was we were fine you know what I'm right, <laughs> we right. up at night like ian cohen and pitch for ah right, right. <laughs> no, it's you and you but because you we, guys we were take like, notice of it yeah you guys were grown at the time you know what i mean you guys were like stepping into this um you know very you know knowing who you were you know yeah 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 but like you know who i think of with like criticism and the way criticism affects a career uh, is is mac miller because everybody loves mac miller now but yeah that, that gave him a hard time he had that, a really rough go he had a really rough go yeah he caught some of the hardest most negative reviews i had ever seen and it was like when he was like an 18 year old kid you know making yeah. music about smoking weed you know, during class or something, you know, like yeah, what, what he should have been doing, you know, <laughs> and, and they, they were like, this kid is immature. He's irritating. He's dumb. And he, he took that in 
and he tried to go fancy and go the other direction. And it took him years to pull himself together and be like, fuck all that. Like, I'm going to be me. Um, and like he showed everybody he was super talented and like proved proved the, the, a lot of people wrong and proved his fans right. Like the people that got on board with him, you know? Right. Because ultimately the people who write negative reviews, they're either going to go away or stay there, but they're not going to be with you in your career. Right? Yeah, no, not at all. And again, like like you were saying, there are some publications and some people like that they just have a vendetta. You know what I'm saying? Some people get into writing because they love hip hop. And if they forced to cover things outside of hip hop, it wouldn't be as the, the, the critique wouldn't be as like like good as a person that was like really into whatever genre they're sent to critique. Um, you know, it is it is kind of wonky of pitchfork to send a person to shred people's albums, like, and that's kind of like what he did, but it is also kind of like Pitchfork's deal. It's not like a, you know what I'm saying? It's not like, it's not like what? The source has been shaving people's mic scores, which again, like that's right. one of those things where they absolutely, like sometimes the source source reviews wouldn't reflect the mic score because it, when you get down to like the granular aspect of it, the actual review and the mic rating are two separate things decided by two separate people. Somebody submits an article or review and then a committee decides on the, the rating. So again, they're not married to one another. That's how you right. get so many albums that had to be re-reviewed because it was done by committee and not by the actual, you see what I'm saying? But like yeah. all that to say, th again, this is like a granular view of hip hop journalism that you don't have this, you don't have this level of like, like insight when you put out your first record. No. And you just want to get a review. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I wanted to say like, so in hindsight, the whole nostalgia critique, my thing about this is that I think what people missed was that there are some sounds that are in the DNA of regions. Right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. It's, it's just like people, it was traditional. It's not like people in Tennessee are trying to do 3-6 Mafia. It's in the yeah. DNA, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, so like what you guys were doing and how you carried yourself, it may remind people of De La Soul or whatever. But that's because that's kind of in the DNA of what of of what's around. You're always exactly. going to have that coming out of New York. Exactly, and and they couldn't see that. And even to this day, there's a lot of people that can't see that, and they they're just stuck on. Oh, you're trying to sound like this, and I see it as like, no, that's more of a tradition thing. It's not like we're not trying to do anything. It's just who it's just who you are. You know what I mean? Right. So I'm I'm happy that you you could see that. You know. Yeah, no, it was instructive. And and to, to Don's point, when I started writing reviews, the two kinds of reviews that I hated writing the most that I don't anymore are the two you mentioned, right? The like three, three mics out of five. Why am I writing about this? Yeah, if, right. If, if it's okay, why are we, who wants to read my word, my 1500 words about it being okay? Let's move on. If, yeah, if, I would rather pick a side, be like, I hate this, so I love it. I would rather somebody yeah. say, I don't like this, and this is why. Or right. I like this, and you should check it out. But if you're wasting everybody's time, if you're just saying, yeah, this was cool. I mean, eh, it was all right. Like, right. who cares? <laughs> no, it's just true. And the other one is the negative review. The problem with the negative review is, I, I, so I would write a negative review about an artist and be like, this sucks. And then the next year, they put out an album that I love. 
And I realized I just hadn't figured them out. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That like sometimes you just don't have the keys to open the doors, you know? Yeah, that can happen too. And I will say this about, you know, I've, I've written a few reviews about things and I've also like put out music and I've also enjoyed music, but the one variable that journalists and critics don't have the benefit of is time. Like you, you can't, you, you don't get, you, especially now, before then they would send you promos, you have a few weeks to listen to the album, live with it, think about it, like do the whole thing. Now it's just like Drake drops the album at midnight and you have to hear it with everybody else unless you're like part of some, you know what I'm saying? Like, like just the, 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 like it's, it's less of a review and more of an informed reaction. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's not, yeah. really like, it's not like, like it's get, reaction. Yeah. Like you, you don't, you don't get, you don't get to like, cause again, like not to get too in the weeds on other people's music, but you know, an album, I'll just, I'll, I won't name the album, but an album came out a couple of weeks ago that I just was not interested in hearing. I played it. Yep. I, I tried to play it two or three times and I was like, eh. And then one day I just, it just hit me and I'm like, okay, this album is good. Okay, I'm actually enjoying it now. And yep. like you would have, yep. I would have traveled back in time and told myself a couple of weeks ago, like, yo, you're gonna like this album. I would be like, get the fuck out. Of here. Hey, you, <laughs> you know you what I'm saying? You wouldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, and that's the cool part about like, so since I'm not doing it in that shit, I get to sit on shit as long as I want. You know, but so like, there's a there was a, an R&B album that I love, Jeanette King. Uh, and, and it's great. It's like what I lost or something. And I uh-huh. sat on it for weeks and weeks. I was just banging it. And I was like, you know what? Now it's time. And I wrote the review and it was great. She loved it. And so it was a good experience to be able to sit with it and let it grow with you. So nobody does that anymore. Oh, like very little, very few people do that to still. Yeah, even outside of the music review space, just in life people kind of move yeah. too fast through stuff. Right. Um, it's hard to keep up with everything, you know? But in terms of the blog era, what do you think were the long-term effects of the blog era, positive, negative? What do you, what do you think came out of that? Uh, I, think, I think a huge thing that came out of it was a lot of us built a lot of the infrastructure that are, that's used today. I mean, like, like the pipes of streaming audio can be found in MySpace. The pipes of, um, like the analytics could be found in like mailing lists and Mailchimp and like capturing that data. Bandcamp, but capturing that data. Mm-hmm. When you think about just when you think about like everything from everything from having knowing how to like okay I'm, okay I'm putting out an album I gotta have an image that fits SoundCloud and 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 Instagram and Twitter like like knowing those kind of like things that again like. It's not like you press up an album on CD and just give them the JPEG cover art. Like you have to think through all these machinations of how to like get your music properly distributed and put out. And the bones of that is just the blog era. The bones of that is like a couple kids that just wanted to like have their MP3s on websites. So you understand JPEGs and MP3s. And like, I was thinking about this earlier today and this, this is kind of related, but like, you know, as indie artists, you function as, like you have to do every job that a label would do. Totally. And a lot of those jobs didn't exist before the blog era, you know? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, like, like for example, like even like the, like the social media stuff, it's like 
that's a new that's a new label job and to figure out how to maneuver you have people that you could have been at Def Jam or wherever from from day one but you had to figure out the internet the same exact time that Tyler the Creator did you know what I mean and and you have the the kids that like even even with us when I say blog ever I still feel like we were like the middle kids almost like like guinea pigs you know what I mean because people that came after us really figured it out and um we were figuring it out on the go and they were watching us being like you know what they need they if you, you can shoot a video for every song you just need a 5d camera and um and we were like oh we still need to shoot a ten thousand dollar video and right. like there's things that that generations after us figured out that a lot of us are still just figuring out now to be honest yeah like okay. to your to your point when you think about it youtube didn't exist to premiere video and like didn't exist to be a destination for music videos. It was just like a parking lot for digital content that you created. Like you just needed somewhere to house the stuff. It had embeddable links. It was fine. It worked there. It was like a, like a, like a cupboard. Um, and you even know like funny? Even... No, I was going to say, you know what's funny? I was thinking about it when, um, when Brooklyn Natty came out. Um, the So Damn Down, we were getting fans from So Damn Down being on MTV2. Yep. We would still right. meet people like, I saw your video on MTV2. So after that, when we were like, when we put out like, um, you and what army and we would get like a uh, rock the bells was like a, a well-reviewed, not uh, like we got a lot of hits or views or whatever on rock the bells. We didn't even understand what that meant. We just know that we had just came from Europe and I guess we picked up some eyes and, you know, it reflected in that video, but it was no more MTV. And ever since then, we've been like, well, what did we do that time? And it's like, it just lightning struck. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of this stuff, we're still just figuring it out. Yeah, you know, like, honestly, just to, I guess, to put a button, like, I, I think about this all the time, like how a lot of the social media sites are just, like, it was called microblogging for a while, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if it's still called that, but when you think about it, it's just like a bunch of comment sections. Like, because the, the comment section of the blog used to be where it was at. That was where, like, comment sections were Twitter. Like, the not right comment section is epic. You know what I'm saying? That's real. Uh, That's absolutely. real. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're, they're like a big ghost. Like, there are people who literally, there are people who literally, like, like they're, they're, they're actual people in the real world doing things, but they were just commenters. And, like, even, even down to your personal blogs, again, like, my personal blog, while it wasn't, like, some huge thing, I had a very active comment section. Like, you know, there was a lot of times where I would, I would crowdsource information or like, you know what I'm saying, whatever. And that was like, that's almost like your analytics. You know what I'm saying? Like, so if you just think about what what you go to these different websites for, it's basically just, they just took the blog and blew it the fuck out. You know what I'm saying? Expanded and, and my favorite blog story that kind of fits what you're talking about was like, so there was a series, there's a time on Two Dope Boys where what they decided to do was when Young Buck dropped, dropped a new song, if it sucked, they would put a picture of a baby deer. Of the, I remember that, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if it was great, it would be an actual picture of him. And yeah. what happened was I was listening to more Young Buck than I ever had been just because of this game. And Young Buck was into it. And he, he was like actively trying to put out music they liked uh <laughs> the community aspect of it in some weird way 
Yeah, yeah. I remember that. That's funny. I hadn't thought about that in like 10 years, for real. <laughs> yeah, because it's because you end up understanding that that platform and its audience. You know what I'm saying? So like the, the funny thing is that the major labels did not like the blogs, but the major labels just did not understand how to monetize the blogs. And if anything, corporations just care about monetizing their intellectual property. So it's not about you as an artist or your music or whatever. It's about, hey, you're sharing our product, like you're giving away our product and we need you to like give us money for our product. You can license it from us, but we don't know how to do anything like that because this is the internet. It's the wild west. Like, so you can't do anything with anything, you know? Oof. No, it, it, that feels like the ultimate takeaway was that the blog era thinned the distance between the artists and the audience. Uh, because absolutely the labels were always, as you said, detached and kind of here's your hype Williams video, take it and enjoy. And like now there was like an active community aspect of different audiences and DJ booth is over here and they like this stuff. And uh, you know, not rights over here. They like this stuff. So it was, it was different. Yeah. And it, it was, you know, it was initially, it was definitely based on who you were a fan of, but when it becomes that, big it, you know it just got that big so like the reason we would always be up there on like two dope and everything is because literally in 07 we just started emailing shake and mecca and uh sk and just sending them stuff and it was like yo this is dope and um you know it was all good but then it just it it turned into it turned into like yo we it was never intended to be like a gatekeeper thing. It was like, right. we think this is, we think this is dope and we don't think this is dope. But when you become, you, they just became powerful. They so, became a voice, yeah. Yeah, so it was as simple as, hey, we just don't think our future is dope. But right. it turned into, they took it as, they looked at them like, hey, y'all are keeping us off the radio. You know what I mean? It's like, no, we, we just don't think you're dope. And you know, then it started this whole, like, it's funny, but another counterculture, like a blog counterculture of kids, like, we can't get on the blog, so we're going to figure out Tumblr. Uh, like, they, you know, there's always some, like, new punk rock way to go against what ends up becoming, yeah, uh, like, you know, what ends up becoming, like, the, the, the gatekeeper. Even if you're not, yeah, Damn, like, you know, they, they would, trust me, like, they... If you, I, I still talk to Mecca and Shake to this day, and they, they never were trying to be Hot 97 or MTV or whatever the fuck. It just turned into everybody cared what they thought, you know? So if they don't think your song is hot, that becomes a problem. It never was a, a, a payola thing or none of that, you know? Mm -hmm. No, it was... Well, what were we going to say, Don? I don't... Uh, I would just... I would just uh, chiming in at living yeah. bond. You know what I'm saying? No, it, it's, yeah. <laughs> I think that, yeah, it's, it's weird because you find that like people will get drunk on incredibly minimal amounts of power. <laughs> yeah. And like, that's what happened with the blog era. Like, but it's not uncommon. Like I was watching a documentary about Rolling Stone in the seventies. Right. And they're interviewing the staff and the editors. And I came away from it being like, God, these guys are jerks. Like, <laughs> they were so entitled they were so like i made this group and it was just like oh it was just 
creeped me out. Um, but it reminded me of this kind of stuff where people get too ex- inspired by their own gatekeeper stuff. Um, this le- But the blog era stuff leads me to a different question. Um, so years ago, the blog era, there were rap groups. Like the, I was thinking about this Tanya Morgan, Pac Div, Cool Kids. I mean, there were like lots of fun groups mm-hmm. to listen to. And then it kind of went out of fashion uh, for a while and there was really no groups. And now it seems like mm, groups are back a little bit. Uh, there's, there's a fair amount of that happening in, in the underground scene. What, how, do you, how do you think, like how do, how do you digest those ebbs and flows of what, of what happens with rap groups and people doing it or not doing it? Uh, the group thing to me, I think some some people just kept hearing that groups don't work, and some people just took that and said, "I guess groups don't work." And um, some people disbanded, and some people just naturally, you know, it, it becomes business, and especially, and I, you know, especially post a label putting you together. Mm-hmm. Like nobody put us together. Nobody put you and I together. Nobody put. Like uh, Fly Union together with Pac Div, you know they're like mm-hmm. literal, like literal brothers. Um, right. At least two of them. Um, but yeah, like nobody put Blue and Exile together. They became they became a group. But what what ends up happening is like we it was three of us. But friendship goes into okay, this becomes a business and it becomes real life and becomes we're adults. We're not eighteen year olds running around. And even if we were eighteen year olds running around real life is going to kick in to, to, to them also or immaturity is going to kick in he's like you you're 19 and you know if you a guy you're trying to fuck every night you try you, you never had this much money you never had a new car you never had you don't know what to do with this attention and that can just take over your whole shit and if you're older then you know real life kicks in and you know you you gotta be around your kid more or you can't you know it gets hard to find part-time jobs in between tours stuff like that so that's that stuff started to kick in and also it's just not a lot of it's not enough money to break down like we know we know some groups and you know behind closed doors we talk like man how do y'all even how do y'all split (laughs) how do you split show money man it's like how do y'all do it but you know it's that kind of thing and i think also it it went back to collectives like um i I always put i put a hard line on when like tde i want to say like when, when drake got really big so, so let's call that Young Money. That's a collective. TDE is a collective. Our Future is a collective. Around that time, when they all got big, it was like crews are back. And we have yeah. a crew, but we didn't. We, our crew wasn't super packaged together right. and um, marketed like other crews are. And um, right. you you should be. You know, I'm not. I'm not saying there's anything wrong. You should be packaged and marketed as as well as you can. I don't make your music any less authentic or whatever, because I mean, shit, Wu-Tang, whoever you name, had a package, you know what I mean? Right, so, right. you know, TDE came out and they had a star with Kendrick. Uh, Little Wayne fought two huge stars with Collective. Uh, again, Our Future had stars. 
So these these crews came out, but they had a solo star. And then you had like Pac Div was pretty fucking big at the time. We was waiting for Pac Div to go platinum, right. but they were one hundred percent their collective. They were like the a group. It wasn't like I can't wait till someone stole solo or nothing like that. It was like right. we love Pac Div, mm-hmm. and the closest they had to solo was like maybe like I used to pair like Dom Kennedy with them. He was like a individual Pac Div, I guess if right. you want to say it like that. He had his own shit, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I, I think I think when it came to that, it was like there's no this is a group. There's no like we're waiting for the Method Man album, we're waiting for the Tyler album. And that I think that came to hurt groups overall. And if you look at every group that didn't blow up, if you know, quote unquote, mm. there was no like one standout person to go and stand behind. Like even if you look at Griselda, the standout keeps changing. Like initially it was West Side, and then it was like, yo, everybody, you hit Conway, and now right. it's like, yo, everybody, you hit Benny. Right, so it's right, like right. You, and and that's the you have to know how to do that. It's a it's like yo, th- this is the person that's taking features right now. And it's, okay, you can get a Benny feature right now. You can get a Conway feature right now, or you know whoever. It's like that. And um, as far as other groups, I mean like Migos. You look at them. It's like everybody's on Quavo, Quavo, Quavo. And then um, uh, Offset. It's like well, Offset has a super superstar girl. So, all right, now it's Offset's turn. Quavo went and chilled. And right. then it's all about Offset. And then it's like, yo, y'all sleeping on takeoff. Well, let's go take off, go do everything. And it's still like, yeah, we're a group, but groups are low-key moving like collectives when you look at it. So I think that's why groups seem to be back. It's really still just solos, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it, it's, it seems like, and it took Migos a while to get on where they are, right? Yeah. They build slowly because, as you said, they were so connected with each other, right? Uh, that you weren't, they, if you were casual listening, you wouldn't even, you wouldn't even pick out who was standout what. It, it flowed together. Uh, and yeah, I think you mentioned that like draft class, right? So we're, we're talking mm-hmm. about J. Cole, Big Crit, Drake. You know Kendrick, we're talking like, you know Gibbs, all that stuff. Like that draft class, you started to get like personal journey albums that were so yeah. Those those were the cats that, um, in my opinion, those were the cats that uh, they they came right after like the people that were figuring out the internet. You know, I mean, you had you had cats that were figuring out the internet like us and like, you know, the, your little brothers and people like that. Even, even um, Lupe, yep. I would even put him in there. Like people that are figuring out the internet. And then you have people that like, okay, we're walking into this label or we, we're walking in as our own. I have a team, like I'm not coming in on my own. I'm coming in with the team. I got a videographer, I have a manager, I have a publicist. And you think I got a deal. Some people did, but like, it was like, yo, I'm walking through the door like this and I got a buzz in my city and blah, blah, blah. And then I'm getting online. Whereas, you know, you have some people that straight up kind of built online like us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, 
Don, I used to say this to people. When people come up to me and say, Kendrick is the best rapper alive, I would say he has the best team alive. Uh, <laughs> Word. And, you know, that's to me, it, it is, it's not about labels, it's about teams right now. And well, yeah, there's, I mean, I, I, I would say, you know, talent is definitely part of the equation, but it's, it's not the, it's not the, the common denominator anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like there's so many, if you look at, if you look at Nas X's rollout, I mean, that's one of the most masterful things that we've seen oh, in a long time. If you look at, really? if you look at Tyler, the creator's rollout, masterful, and you can like kind of go back years and years and throughout the eras and look at rollouts themselves and even before the blog era you could just look at album rollouts and that can be an art amongst itself like like music aside you don't even have to listen to the music so you know there's a talent and ability to that but um you know when you apply the diy blog era aesthetic to it it becomes like okay like a lot of these kids realize like watching us kind of build the road as we drove or watching our era build the roads, build build the road, build the road as we drive. Like a lot of those kids looked like, well, if I know how to do all this, what do I need to go to a label for? Like a lot of us were doing it in hopes that we would get noticed by a label, we would get noticed by a bigger indie label. And then I used you would see these every year. You would see classes of people break up. Like you would see cats get signed to majors, then cats get put to the to the big indies, then cats just did it themselves. And sometimes the labels would like put people down, like somebody would get signed. We'd be like, yo, congratulations. So-and-so just signed to whoever. And then it like, the momentum would freaking slow down instead of yeah. speeding up. And that used to frustrate me so much because some of my, I'm not naming any names, but some of my favorite artists would be like, yo, congratulations, so-and-so just signed. And then it's like, man, you know, you was rolling. He was rolling without the label. And then you got on the label and it's like, yeah, we signed you now. Go figure out a single. It's like, but you were, they were fucking rolling and now they're not rolling. Like, I think one of the most brilliant things about Kendrick was he signed to Dr. Dre. And even with signing to Dre, he said, I'm still going to do my own thing, which is crazy. Anybody in this world would have said, oh, Dr. Dre, I'm about to get 10 Dr. Dre beats. Fuck that. And he said, nah, I'm gonna still just do my thing. And that was that was genius to me. And I think what, he had a bar even, on, oh, go ahead. What's even crazier about that is you know, Dr. Dre at that time, and I don't know like if the reputation still carries, but it's notorious that if you Dre was like a black hole, you signed to him, you'd never come out. Oh yeah. You know what oh. I'm saying? Yeah. And if you do come out, if you do come out, like Buster Rhymes <laughs> Buster cried, you know what I'm saying? Like like when, when he finally got his album out, because it was just like but the aftermath album was the album we were all like, is that ever gonna? I guess it's not gonna happen. You could you could name like I mean you could name for days artists that have been signed to labels in general that never came out. But the folklore yeah. of Dre's unreleased albums and his vault, like yeah, he has he has yeah. amazing music that's just never come out. I, I hear it from people, like man, it's just because you know I mean when you're that good, like he's literally changed the game. Right. multiple times so it's like i have to change the game i can't just put out a dope album so unfortunately man like at the end of the day he's still like he's still a person and so he has his insecurities like yo this ain't gonna change the game you know which is yeah. which is crazy but yeah but it's a it like a, it's a real 
creator thing, right? So as a creator, sometimes the editor becomes more powerful than the creator in you, right? Mm -hmm. And so right, right. like any of your shit, you know? And that's, that's, I think that happened to Dre along the way. His ear got so refined that he was just like hating on his own shit. So, yeah, but somehow, all that to say that somehow they, they figured out like, all right, we want to put out, because, you know, Section 80 dropped and I was like, oh, it's no Dre on here. That was a surprise. Again, but then, you know, the, the album album. And I was like, yo, it's no Dre. Oh, and it's considered a classic. And like, at that point, I think he was like, yo, he had to have one Dre's respect with that, like, yo, I'm gonna come over here and I'm gonna put a classic on your label and you won't even have to do nothing. You just gotta trust me, which is which is super ill. And I think there's a bar on uh, Good Kid Mad City where he says like, if Dre tries to give me a handout, I'm gonna bite it. I'm gonna... I, I, either I take his hand and break it. Yeah, that was on um, Spiteful Chant, I think that's the song. Yes, that's Section on uh, Section 80, okay. yeah. Yep. No, it's, it's when I heard that, I was like, oh shit, <laughs> different, different, yeah. But that is blog era, like you know, yeah, understanding his team, sticking with his team, uh, and sticking with his sound and developing it out. And that's, uh, so that's yeah, that's interesting. But I, yeah, the personal journey albums, I think, drew people to individual stories, and uh, like Don and Vaughn, as an example you're probably not going to listen to Don and Vaughn and go, oh, Vaughn killed him on that track or Don killed him on that track. This is an album that feels like like the old Far Side albums felt where it's just everything fits. The relationships are strong. Everything fits. And it's just a song. It's just a great song. Thank you. Yeah, this is, this is just, this is from 17 years of of of, of war <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean like and i hate to say it like that because i mean it, it's been it's been a, a great ride so far and god willing the ride's still going but we've been in the trenches for real like and you you hear it like it, you just it just sounds like two people that have just been through a lot together and know each other so well that it's almost like I, I compare it to that Locks versus when you look at that Locks versus oh, no. and how like you didn't even realize Styles <laughs> stopped rapping at one point because Jadakiss just started going and sounded like Styles. He's just like you knew he was gonna stop there and then you went, and it's like yeah because we've been doing this so long that it's a this is on a different level. This is not yo let's do a song. This is I had an idea and I hit him up and he's like yo, I just had that same idea. And it's not even like a thing anymore. Like right. we'll have the same idea and it's not even like, oh shit, we got the same idea. It's just like, yeah, yep. You thought of that? I was thinking about that too. Like it, it's not even a thing. It's like, you think that would sound better? Yep. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Like we don't even have to say it anymore. And that just takes, that's years of, you know, getting it out the mud, man. And I, I say it's a, I don't even say this in a cocky way when I say it's like it's masterful in a way that not masterful like these are the best songs ever made, but masterful like you can master something. That don't mean it's perfect. That just means you mastered it. And I think we created just a masterful collaboration 
really. Yeah, like and, we, you know, it has nothing to do with the quality of it, you know, in my opinion. Like, we we, we know our ingredients at this point, you know what I'm saying? Like, to, right. the, to the effect that, like, if if you put me in a, a random kitchen and was like, all right, make a meal, I don't have, like, sure, I could make something, but if you put me in my kitchen, mm. we've been living in this kitchen for 17 years, you know what I'm saying? Like, or we we've just been, we're so comfortable with ourselves and our styles and it's not about second we don't second guess ourselves anymore you know what i'm saying like right. because again when you when you're figuring out what your voice is as an artist or like what your strengths are sure like you're you're, you're just kind of like you know like you're doing the giraffe like baby baby calf legs when you're trying to walk like right. I, I, you'll get there but it might not be the most graceful whereas this is just every like firing on all cylinders and understanding Ooh. exactly understanding exactly who we are and how we can convey that to the world and also you know with the what, what i was saying earlier about how sometimes those reviews can shape you early on like i don't think some we i make music at this point to share with bond and like we'll we have we have our own ecosystem like we have our own we have our own infrastructure like i'll throw beats in the, in the group chat or like like he'll throw a verse in the group chat or some shit you know what i'm saying like and it's not like for anything other than to i won't say we're doing it's, it's not masturbatory it's not we're trying to entertain ourselves but it's just that we're very much comfortable with our our our, our abilities you know yeah we, we know what we're trying to get to and it's not like a it's not a bunch of second guessing it's it's still checks and balances but it's not a, we're not looking over our shoulder like, will they like this? What I hope they like this. It's like, this is what we're trying to do. And if we do it right, it's going to be good. Not we hope they like it. But if we do it right, it'll be good. If it doesn't sound good, it's because we did something wrong. And I, to me, that just, again, I hope that don't sound arrogant. It's just like, hey, if, if I've been shooting hoops for 20 years, if I've been sitting at this free throw line for 20 years and I figured out, my shot if it don't go in it's because i did something wrong you know what i mean and i think a lot of artists feel that way whether they say it or not it's like you may not like the song but this is the song we were trying to make and like even with this album i still get surprised if certain songs i'm like i hope people like this one but that song we did we made the song we were trying to make like i know a lot of people really like um uh a team and I was thinking people may not like it, but it fit. This is where A Team should be on the album, and it should be here. And this is where it goes. And people might skip this one, but this is the scene. This is the scene in the album. You know what I mean? And it ended up people like it. And then other ones, it's like this might be. I might think, oh, this is going to be a favorite, and it may not be a favorite, but it's still a good song. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. Yeah, so no, it's like it, we, we just know like hey you may not like spaghetti but we made spaghetti and we didn't we didn't you know pour gatorade in it so it's like it's good spaghetti you just you right. may not like it but it's still good <laughs> Strong you know what I mean? so right. so where where does don and von rank in the funnest tanya morgan albums you've ever made the process of of making Oh damn! The the most fun the most fun was um, sandwich shop. Sandwich shop was the most fun because that's the one that we made. We made it a lot of it in the same room, and we made it 
we we uh started it while we were on the road mm. and we started doing like demo recordings to it like in the phone recordings or whatever but we like went and re-recorded it at Don's house and I think we just had like like I was saying on my Instagram because I just did like a retrospective of every album and um we just had like cheap Trader Joe's wine and just got drunk off that and just pulled up all of these roots instrumentals and made these made these songs and it ended up working that people really like that like it's a real album and even even Quest Love liked it. He was like, "Yo, this is dope." He wasn't like, "I'm gonna sue you, motherfuckers." He was like, "Right, right, this right. is dope." <laughs> yeah. So that. I think for me that was the most fun because we were in the same room, and we don't always do that. I mean, the albums are always fun, but mm-hmm. we were in the same room for that one, and um, we don't always do that. So yeah, I I I agree, and like that album was, like that album was definitely an era of time for us. It was. It was right around. It was right before Ilias left the group. It was right. We were we were touring heavily. We were also. I had just moved to New York. Like I was kind of just living in New York for my first time. Um. Um. What else? And like even, things were about to fall apart. The, the, the storm was coming, but we didn't know. But, but so the thing about the thing about it is that like it just felt like a time that was full of promise in general. You know what I'm saying? Like we we were because uh, if I'm not mistaken, that was around the time like rubber tracks was popping off. So we would be like. We were just bouncing around doing things. You had just put out Don Q set. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm a little I'm a little bit ahead of that. But yeah, it was it was definitely just like a moment, like at least for me anyway, it just felt like <laughs> if you listen, if you listen to the intro of You and One Army, mm-hmm. like that introduction, like that uh that whole the weight of that is encounter to is a counterpart to everything that we we're talking about with uh sandwich shop because again like even the headphone rock video where we're like just that was just an average that was just a day that we would have we just kind of got burgers and filmed it you know what i'm saying like <laughs> like things were things were very magical in this way that 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 can only be your first time out your first time discovering something the first time you do a thing mm-hmm. sure you'll get better at it and sure you might even benefit from it greater but when you're discovering it for the first time and like it's it's just it was just a magical era, you know what I'm saying? Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, like I said, that was right before the storm. Because like if you if you go to the Young Went Army intro, that was like us putting the armor back on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like we you know we was doing a um we did we did uh the uh, sandwich shop and the next project that was coming out was P's got to have it, and that was when like our our A&R, I guess, Dom, our A&R left the label mm-hmm. and um, Elias had left the group because like just real life stuff. It wasn't like fighting or nothing like that. It was just real life things that he had to do and things we were doing. We weren't able to all tour together. And, you know, we had already had a time when it was like, hey, man, I think I should just step away from being full time in the group. And the first time was like, nah, man, nah, nah, we can make it work. And it's like, we started having like to like go to Europe without him and go on like two month long tours without him and stuff like that. And it started without, especially without management at the time, it started turning into like, Hey, we're not getting the whole group. So y'all are cheating us and that kind of thing. And, you know, like I said, just personal stuff with him and not being able to always come out and just a lot of that stuff. So things started getting harder there. 
things got harder at the label because our our point person at the label was gone and like the climate had just started to change and like the sandwich shop was the last it was like a it was like a almost a celebration of Brooklyn Addy and where we were going mm -hmm. and um mm -hmm. from there the next thing we did was you and what army when we strapped up put the armor back on and was like okay gloves back on we coming back out so like even I want to say Rubber Souls was really fun too, but Rubber Souls was fighting to come back out, so that's why I yeah, can't say it was Rubber Souls. Yeah. Rubber Souls was in a way like trying to figure out, figure out our place in a way, like um, in a in a in a, in a business sense. Because we, if you think about Rubber Souls, like we assigned to a, we we like we were we were doing stuff with Converse Rubber Tracks, and then we have signed a deal with a, a new label, Imprint One Eighty, that we haven't really worked with before. So it was just like. There was a lot of, you know, like trying to figure out how to be independent, but resources and how to be a duo. And, and, and a how to of, be a duo, yeah. There was just a lot of figuring things out going on around that era. And, you know, like with us being who we are, there was also that level of like, well, how do we do it and, and explore creativity at the same time? So we should bring six in for, for a couple of features or we should do blah, blah, blah. Like just making sure that, you know, we are pushing ourselves and giving it a creative sheen. But like to go back on what Vaughn was saying too a little bit, we um we we also, you know, we um we came in as we came in as a group and soloist at the same time. So right. there was always this kind of like this unspoken contract where you know we could unspoken agreement where we could we we just do solo stuff. It wasn't like a it wasn't like a big thing for a Don Will record or a Von P record or or Elias record. It was just kind of like he's working out some ideas, like whatever. Or not even that. It's just it's just that's just part of the thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I I know that that able to contract and expand, expand and contract is one of the reasons why we still have a great relationship with Elias to this day. Or like like me and Bond are able to what 17 years? I don't know. <laughs> like forever, we're able to just 17. Keep, we're able to just keep like. You want to do an album? Yeah, let's do an album. Because it's it's not like there's there's just a lot of freedom in in in, in the way we we create art, you know. And yeah, it's, it's it's definitely not pulling teeth because we we wouldn't be doing it if it was pulling teeth. It's literally let's do something creative, you know. Like I consider I consider Don my creative partner more than anything. Right. Like let's 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 do something, you know. It don't even have to be an album. Like let's you know it could be whatever, just something creative, you know. And to build on what Don said, it, it kind of leads me to my next question, which is, it's not just that you two have been together for 17 years. If you listen to Brooklynati from 2009, Shea Grand is on it, and Shea Grand is on Don and Vaughn. Uh, and, and Shea Grand sent us his new EP today. It's not out yet, but it's like I was saying, like, yeah, man, we still, <laughs> it's still the same crew. I think Elucid is on Brooklynati as well. And yep. Bond just dropped the crazy secret project with him. Um, yeah, you you get there's these people coolie. In, in, the, in the words of Bond P, y'all wave hop. We keep the same features. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. It, it's not because they're not features. They're 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 friends that we make music with. They're people that we know. They're like, like like us having a Shea Graham feature is the same as the same as like somebody else getting a call from their high school buddy they still go get drinks with. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Pretty much. No, and that's that. That was the question. Was ultimately like the keeping these long-lasting relationships, like through the positives and the negatives of the business. Uh -huh. That's that's got to be something that's like 
uh, important and how do you do that? But also how has being able to do that helped your career uh, and, and formed where you are? Uh, I, I think really, I never fully thought about it, but I think mainly because we keep everything pretty um, transparent as far as like, as far as any business workers go. Like uh, if, if we, any collaborative project, like, you know, Aeon's another member of, of the uh, Lessendary Collective. If we do a project, then we, it's 50-50. You know, Shea Grand produced one of our albums. Everything was in threes. You know, we're, uh, Don and myself are actually producing a new uh, Rob Cave EP, AKA Spec Boogie. Wow. And it'll just be, it'll just be in threes. And, um, you know, we just make it real easy. It's not like, hey man, you know, I was in two more magazines than you, so I'm gonna get some more. Or, hey man, you did a song with someone so last year, so your cloud is up. So now, hey man, holler at my lawyer. And it's like, for what? You know, it's just like, we're making music and that's how we got here. Like, that's how we got here. Don't, don't, like the one time I will say, and I don't mind telling this story, but, um. Mm-hmm. Germicide, another another member of the Lessendary, he was doing a project with somebody and that person hit me up like, yo, man, how much how much for a verse or whatever? So, you know, I I, I told him a price and um and then Germicide hit me up like, yo, I'm sending you that money. And I'm like, money for what? <laughs> and he's like, the money, you know, so-and-so just told you to do a song for us. And I was like, bro. Your germicide, no, don't send me anything. He's like, nah, man, I'm sending you money. It's like, I feel like shit now. Cause you're like, we are not in business together. You are like, you're in the fraternity with me. This is like the crew. This is like, I, I call it a fraternity. It's like, this is the frat. You're here when I see you and something's going on, you're a part of it too. Like it, it'll, it'll never be like, if we were all, if we were at South by Southwest and I saw elusive to somebody then we we together like you know if right. if he saw us and we trying to get in then we we would have you know like we would arm and hammer arm and hammer with tanya morgan or whatever and that's just how it's always been it's like because we're we're the frat we we go back we all go back 17 plus years you know the first song i did with elusive was in 2001 Ooh. the first song i did with spec boogie was 2001 uh hey. first song i did with don was like 2002 so yeah, like we we go back that far. So, you know, for me, it's just like, you know, it, it is, it's a fraternity and I, I treat it, I treat it like that. It's not like a have my people call your people thing. It's uh, what you want to do. Hey, I could be, if I haven't spoken, if I hadn't spoken to Shay in three years and he's like, hey man, can you hop on this song? And I could be sitting in the studio with Kanye or somebody. And I'd be like, yep, as soon as I leave the studio with Kanye West, I'm about to go jump on this song with my my frat brother. You know what I mean? And it's as simple as that. Such a great description. That's that's awesome. Uh, Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, To to talk about Von P to Don Will for a second, Mm -hmm. while Von P listens. Um, Von P production is fantastic. Man, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I, I love Von P production so much. Talk to me about how you've heard his music evolve over time. Oh, man. Like, um, so just hearing him figure out how to 
like apply the sonics to the ideas like like because again like if, if I, I, the, the first track i thought about was a joint he had a joint called scissors where i think the snare was a scissor. <laughs> oh my god the, 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 uh, the hi-hats yeah the hi-hats were scissors and like like for me like i remember hearing that and just fucking being blown away like man this is crazy and then like when you think about get me inside the kick drum is like he got the dealers he got the uh i don't i don't want to i don't know who's who's saying uh but there's like a there's like a a vocal pad on the kick yeah. and like i, I said i said with the kick with the vocal on it yeah yeah like so <laughs> when, then when you go to like fast forward to like the more recent stuff he's done to like um like um on city for sale the transition from wild to um uh fuck, what's the song with moses rockwell i forget the name of the song uh steve hope steve hope <laughs> like if you listen to like wild wild is a song that comes in two movements like it has like the song and then it, there's like an interlude, interlude overture thing that happens towards the end but there's like this there's like this vocal sample that's like swirling around and that and then that just morphs into the first lot of the next song like literally watching him figure out how to watching him go from being like i wonder how i pan a com- i wonder how i how i eq a conversation to make it sound like it's it's going from a from outside of a, a venue to inside of a venue or like sound like a car passing like figuring out these like sonic things to just being able to do like wizard level shit production wise it's, it's like a really cool thing to witness up close. Cause again, like, I don't know if, I think that if you're a person that's really in tune with production and his production specifically, you probably did pick up on stuff like that. But I think that for like the, the casual listener who just, you know, tapped in on Brooklyn Natty, maybe missed Yoma Army cause they don't really fuck with right, Van Camp right. again. Like, and then even like, like they probably don't glean as much enjoyment. But then even when you think about the, the fact that the Tanya Morgan records are all sequenced and a lot of times mixed and most times like, like, like most times mixed by bond. Like there's like a, you know, there's just been like a, it's just been fun watching it, watching it become like, like an expert level skill as opposed to just like, I'm on cool edit and Fruity Loops and we're figuring stuff out together. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's a really, it's really cool to look at. Um, Vaughn, did you did you mix this? Did you mix and master this? Yeah. This that that's fucking crazy. Don and Vaughn, thank you. One of the best mixed and mastered albums, not just like of your career, but like of anybody's today this year. Like wow, thank you. Um, uh, Joe Joe from the other guys mastered it. I I mixed it, and um, Joe from the other guys mastered it. Okay. It's Thank clean. You. It's so clean. Uh, so it's shout out to that. I mean, what I was gonna say we, is we, like, we come a long way from moonlighting, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> moon, moonlighting sounds moonlighting sounds crazy, but yeah. So that that's like a big thing that I try to take pride in, knowing how far we've come, and to like our early fans when they went and got like the bridge EP. They're like, oh shit! I can play this in my car this time because you couldn't even play Moonlight in the car. That just sounded crazy in the car, and um, <laughs> so th- so that's a big compliment. You know what I mean? Thank you. It's, it's clean, and like like Don said, there's a ton of craft, beat switches, uh, ending interludes. Uh, it, there's all that, but it, but at the end of the day, the thing, the cool thing to me about 
Vompy production is you are the chef who always gives me what I ordered, you know? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Like that, that shit knocks. And like when Thank you. Elucid projects, like, oh, it's going to be Elucid over shit that knocks. Like mm-hmm. it's the most hip hop thing. It's just him going nuts on these tracks. That, that Elucid project, we did that. And um, I was trying to like, I was going for, I wanted it to sound like Elucid just didn't grab a bunch of beats that could have been Tanya Morgan. I wanted to make it sound like these are beats that were made for Elucid. Right. So like that, that's what I was trying to do. I didn't want it to be like, oh man, this could have been, this could have been, Don Will could have had this beat. I wanted to be like, yo, these sound like Elucid beats that Vaughn made. And um, so like, I was just super happy that that finally got to see the light of day because I just knew it was a lot of good stuff on it that that stood the test of time. Stuff that I don't we did we don't listen to ten years later and cringe like that's saying a lot, you know? Right? Like, yeah. No, that's yeah. I can still listen to that and be like, yeah, let's put that out. You know what I mean? Like there there's some stuff like me and Don joke about it, especially since we just did the retrospective of our um, albums. There's there's at least one song on almost every project we listen to, and it's like ah. Yeah. So. It's a big deal to say, like, you know, the stuff that you don't cringe at. And um, the Lucid Project still pretty much sounds good. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, no. And there's, like, a bunch of new Lucid fans who've only heard him over a certain set of production and may think, like, oh, he's not doing, he's not, this isn't, like, Messiah music or whatever. It's, like, a change for him. Yeah. They don't know how much of a sick person Lucid is that he used to rap over punk beats and dubstep. Yeah, and yeah. Anything, like anything. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, just if if you love Elucid now, dig into the weird older. Yeah, Go get sub bass diet. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that stuff is amazing. So, but to, yeah, to, to Don and Vaughn is, it, it, it's kind of like an amazing buddy film. <laughs> I like that. I like that. It's like it, you know, I, I I don't know. I've just been thinking about the Big Lebowski as a comparison. Like, that, you like, know what we um we, we always try to look at it and and forgive me. This this is going to sound pretentious, but we try to do it like we try to do albums like a movie because the way people listen to stuff now, you have to look at it like, hey, nobody, not a lot of people are going to listen to your album a hundred times but you might watch a movie once or twice and be like, yo, that movie was dope. I liked it. So I try to look at an album like, okay, people are going to hear this one time. So what are they going to remember? Let's, let's treat it like, let's treat it like a movie because you know, you might watch a movie that you really liked one time and keep it moving. But if somebody asked about it, oh yeah, that shit was dope. And I mean, we, we have that even, I try not to like feel bad about it, but we have like old fans that are like, yeah, man, I heard the album one time. That shit was dope, though. It's like, hey, man, as long as you heard it and was like, it was dope. But I got 15 Netflix movies to watch and 100 podcasts to listen to. And I just downloaded the new DLC for right, Call right. of Duty. I got all this shit to do, so I can't play this album that I like 100 times, which is fine. So, yeah, we try to look at it like, I try to look at it like a movie. So, it's a buddy cop film. I like that. <laughs> yeah. It's a buddy film. Yeah. What were you gonna say, Don? Oh, I was I was just gonna say uh 
to further that point, um, you know, like we um my bad brain fart. But yeah, we, we just try to make sure that 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 one listen that you get is a, a is a potent listen. You know what I'm saying? And also, and also it helps to like when it's time to go do the next project. If you think about it like, okay, that was a movie, or you know, not even you know, it was an episode of a show or, or a pilot or whatever. Is this about to be a sequel? If not, well, what are we gonna do to make this not just and like we, we did house party, are we trying to make class act? You know what I mean? Or are we trying yeah. to do some other shit? You know what I mean? So that's how we yeah. look at it too. Yeah. So. I mean, well, it, it, it's the, the the funny thing about movies is there's like <clears throat> there's the Oscar kind of movies, and there's like the movies you watch all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, like, if someone asks me what the best Denzel Washington movie is, I'm gonna say Malcolm X. I can't fuck with Malcolm. But you're not just watching it all the time. No, <laughs> I'm watching yeah, yeah. Eli. Right, I'm watching. Right, Brooklyn. right. I'm watching that. So, like, this, uh, you know, I, I started to realize that when I was doing like year end lists or year end discussions, I was like, yeah, that one's. It's a great album. It's about drug addiction. I never listened to that shit. Like, mm-hmm. but this album, they're just spitting. But I've heard it a hundred times. Like, I can't turn my back on that. For that, so it was. Uh, this is one of those albums where, you know, yeah. By the end of the weekend, it felt like the underground had heard it five, six times. Um, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Just everybody. Yeah, did, this time, it did. It did feel like that. That's all I could ask for, honestly. Like this time, it felt like people kept listening to Donna Vaughn. You know, like it wasn't like, oh, I checked that. You know, other times we put out other stuff and like, yeah, that shit was dope. But y'all are dope. Y'all make dope shit almost like a whatever we know y'all are good <laughs> but this but, time it seemed to like had connected for real where it's like people you, there's a difference when people are like yo man i keep listening to this and i, I thought i was going to just move on to the the drake i thought i was just going to move on to whatever the next hot topic is you know whatever it is i thought i was just going to get the next you know griselda album and just play you know and then get the next one that week and then get the next you know whoever Mm-hmm. And it was like, yo, I, I got that and I'm still playing Don Vaughn. I got the new currency and I'm still playing Don Vaughn. I got the new, you know, whoever, and I'm still playing Don Vaughn. And that's more, that's more than I could have asked for because I was just hoping, yeah, hey man, if we put out another good one, y'all can say, hey man, they've been doing this for this long and they're still good. That's really all I wanted. And we, it's overperformed as for what I was expecting. Like, I wasn't expecting people awesome. to keep listening to it. Yeah, I so. just I just know that consumption is a lot different these days. So people, yeah. you know, people are not just buying their CD and popping it in and riding with it. Like, people are not downloading MP3s and playing them on their phone. Like, now people are, they move on a lot faster or they, they piecemeal the album where, like, cool, I like these three songs. I'll put these on the playlist that I listen to and it'll be one of several playlists that I may or may not get to yeah. depending on my mood for the day, blah, 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 blah. It's not like, like the thing that the way I, I consume kind of the same way. I mean, I, I do ingest a lot of music. I just check out a lot of stuff to see what's out there. But when it's time to listen to an album, like I still just try to play a full album at a time. Like the dad played um, Tyler's album, and I listened to this yeah. Jay Worthy's album, and I listened to Mint Plus's album to hear some new stuff. But for the most part, like I, I play a whole thing. I try to play the whole thing if I'm going to listen to it. And, and with that said, unless your album is. 
35 songs. I'm not playing that whole <laughs> Yeah, I'm not, like, so even, even to, that, to that effect, to that effect, Tyler's album's amazing. I, I, I rarely get through the whole thing in one sitting. You know what I'm saying? Like, I usually have to start from somewhere that I want to, like, close out an album or just be comfortable knowing I won't finish the album. Um, and, you know, I, I just I just know that it's just been kind of cool knowing that with consumption being the way that it is, people have decided to invite this album into their lives in a way where they grapple with it. You know what I'm saying? If, they're, if they just play the whole thing, if they have it in a playlist, but they're listening to it continuously and it's not just a one and done type deal. And it might it might come at the intersection of just kind of like I don't I don't know what I don't know what is like lined up for this album to be this this one, but I'm I'm thankful, you know, I'm really happy it's resonating. We we kind of went back to our um went back to our bag of tricks. Like I don't know what you want to call it, but like we we hadn't worked with like myself and Brick produced most of the album. We hadn't done that since Brooklyn Addy, I think. Um, so I think I think that does play a role. Like for some people that have been listening to us for a long time, you can hear that it's back to it's back to Vaughn did the beats, Brick did the beats, Aeon did the beats for the most part. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I think that plays a role in it, you know. And um, other than that, I honestly have no clue. I like as much as I say we know what we're doing. We know that we didn't make some whack shit, but we don't know if people are going to, you know, draw to it. That I, I'll never say I knew this was going to work because I never I don't know what's going to work. I just know it's not whack. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> that's, that's key. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's <clears throat> it's interesting. And there's a lot of the the interesting thing about Tanya Morgan is that the the sense of humor is very sneaky in Tanya Morgan. Uh, there's a lot of funny stuff built in or funny moments built in uh, that sneak up to you in repeated listens where you're like, you know, uh, I was listening to City for Sale and there's a point in a verse where, Vaughn, you just like, you just start talking about the interlude on Cuban Links and you just start going like, hey, bit nah, shit. And yeah, you yeah. start laughing in the middle of the verse about that interlude. And I was just like, who does this? This is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, man. So the version of that kids, here kids is on the covers. They bit nah, shit. <laughs> the version of that on Don and Vaughn is grown man rap, right? Which is like, yelp yeah. Throughout. Uh, how did grown man rap come about? How did that? Um, because uh, I think it's it's funny to me that hip hop, especially our age group and people old, no, no, yeah, our age group, because mm-hmm. everybody's kind of our age, really. Like, I mean, yeah. all of the all of the biggest people, the youngest, the youngest of like the big rappers. Well, now I won't say that now because now you have like a new crop coming in, like the little babies and all of them. Yeah. But like before that, it was like Drake is in his 30s, Kendrick's in his 30s, um, Two Chains is in his 40s. Like everybody's in their 40s. And it's like when we put out something or other like underground, whatever you want to call us, we put out something. They'd be like, yeah, man, this is that grown man rap. And it's like, yo, 
everybody's older than us. So right. what the yeah. fuck are they talking about? Like, what are they talking about? If, if that's not grown man rap. So for me, it was almost like I come from the class of De La Soul, like that, that dry humor of almost like making fun of something. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was, I'm, I'm kind of making fun of the idea like, oh, this is that grown man rap. When really, we're just adults talking about our adult life. And if, if some rich rapper, it doesn't sound like a grown man, that might be because, you know, they say when you get rich, you kind of stay the age you were. So maybe that's why I like Little Bow Wow still 15 or whatever. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's like, but you know, Little Bow Wow's paying bills and paying taxes and all that stuff too. So, I mean, you know, Kendrick and them, they talk about paying taxes and taking care of their kids. And But for some reason, people like us and the Little Brothers and the Cooley Highs, they'll be like, yeah, man, that's that grown man rap. And for me, it's like, man, that's, that's just something people say because it's a thing to say. And right. I mean, we still rap about going out and getting drunk and having one night stands and <laughs> and shit like that so mm -hmm. like like it'll be a song like that like dirty stay out which is literally about one night stands and i'll be like yeah this is grown man rap and it's like no this is college kid this is a college kid song <laughs> but it's just a label so it's me more or less kind of making fun of it not i'm not actually saying this is grown man rap i'm making fun of it and yeah. And, and sequencing the album, putting the album together, that kind of became, again, from the class of De La Soul and people like that, that kind of became like the, the I can't be your lover, or like, you know, like when De La right, right. things yeah. that were going. So <laughs> Kick Some Grown Man Rap became that. And I can tell you exactly how it happened. It was an ad lib on the intro. And when I was, when I was sequencing the album, because Fresh Lemonade is such a serious record, I was like, okay, well, how, how does, um, so good, come on. Cause like, we need uh, not a comic relief, but how do we go into so good now? Mm -hmm. So I said, hmm, kick some grown man rap. <laughs> and I just did that. And then at the end of the album, cause Don always says a thing we do that's like, like, you know, we, we, we uh, do work separately too. And I know that the thing that Don likes, he's always like, what's the Easter egg at the end of the album? How does the album end? Like, what's the, what's the thing that happens at the end? So for Don, I put, again, kick some grown man rap, and then the CD stops spinning. Like, again, we, we're not 40, so we still look at it like, what happens before the CD stops spinning? Although nobody's really playing it off a CD. Or like the needle picks up. So you get the kick some grown man rap, needle picks up, CD stops spinning. And that's like, we call that the Easter egg. And, um, so that's how that happened, really. It came about because I needed something to break up after um, Fresh Lemonade. And then I wanted something to be like a little Easter egg at the end. And it turned into like the little running joke of the album, pretty much. Yeah, no, and, and, and uh, to build on that, Fresh Lemonade might be the most Tanya Morgan song of all time. Uh, in Shout out to of, Clint Taylor. He produced that one. That is, I mean, because it's it's so serious in terms of what you're discussing, um, mm -hmm. without ever throttling down the speed and impact of the song. It's got mm -hmm. a very fun, satisfying hook. Uh, but you understand as the song progresses the meaning behind that hook. Um, mm -hmm. How and, and and by the way, that's not 
the whole album has some really ill, serious shit in it. Uh, that's like, you know, uh, one of my favorites, I think it was Don, quit hating on so-and-so's leotard. They over there. Oh, no, that was me. <laughs> oh, that was you. How we involved. Yeah. Okay, sorry, yeah. Um, yeah, but you know, Don is definitely Don is the um. I was saying like we're both like if we're like the the cool uncles, Don is like telling you to he's giving you the the life lesson. I'm the one sneaking you a beer, mm-hmm. and Don is the one telling you some shit you need to know <laughs> on you this know? album. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. They, they, well, yeah. I mean, in, in Fresh Lemonade, they fetishize and actively try eliminating. We just try and turn lemons into lemonade. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, man. Poetic, Don. Yeah. Like, I'm not. I'm not trying to like butter him up, but like I, I told him this before. Throughout our career, it's been stuff that this dude has said that I like, like got a lump in my throat. So like he just sometimes he'll just know. Not sometimes he'll know how to say things, but sometimes he'll like go even further, and it'll be like, damn, you really just summed it up just now. You know what I mean? And it's like, like it's a, it's a line that he said in 2004 um, when we made the song Hip Hop is Dead and he turned his verse into like being at, looking at hip hop in his casket, which has been done a million times now. But back then it was still fresh. And he was like, when no one else would mention us, we he spoke highly of. And I was like, yo, that says so much. And people don't even understand like, this is us. This hip hop thing is us pulling ourselves up when no one else would mention us we he spoke highly of and then and like he said like they fetishize and actively try to eliminate like you 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 want to be us you don't want to be us and we're just trying to like hip-hop is lemons out of lemonade and so many our the american experience for us is lemons out of lemonade i mean lemonade out of lemon you know what i'm trying to say yeah and yeah. it's like and you know, it's like he he just he just nailed it. He nailed that shit. You know what I mean? There's uh, I don't like when 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 Bond sent the track. I remember I sat with him for a long like this was the one that I probably wrote last and or like just I, it took me a while to figure it out, figure out the angle, just mainly because it's it's such a tragic song, but the tragedy is not. The tragedy is in knowing what could have happened in either scenario. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the tragedy is in knowing that that scenario exists. And it's not like a thing where, you know, because again, like Bond's verse, Bond's verse is complex in, in, in the in his storytelling. Oh, yeah. Like and just oh, yeah. like the just like the 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 character development and how like you had a black cop coming to help the kid and all that stuff. And it's just like this, like the tragedy of it is, is not that. The tragedy of it is that it just simply exists. It's that, like, you know what I'm saying? It's that, it's that they fetishize us and they want to kill us. It's like, right, right. like, it's just like, so you exist in this weird world where, like, you're wanted for very specific things and otherwise you can be discarded. And even if you have those specific things, you still aren't really worth much else. So, like, the tragedy of the song is just, like, how do you still continue to just wake up, face the world, and do amazing shit in a world that's not really for you? You know what I'm saying? Like, right. yeah, it's, it's for me that anyway, like when Vaughn sent the record, it was just like one of those ones that I just wanted to like really figure out how to discuss the, the driving factors 
And like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, because it's such a poignant, uh, not such a a topic that you can be poignant on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. For me, for me, it was like we were trying to um it wasn't supposed to be, it definitely wasn't supposed to be um like, you know, uh hyper dramatic or whatever. But we also didn't want it to be. It wasn't necessarily supposed to be a sad song. It wasn't supposed to be your angry song. It's supposed to be yo. We are presenting these facts, and you you know where we stand because we are two black men making the song. But let me lay this out for you, and all you got to do is listen. You know what I mean? It's not like yo. Let's go over here and let's go over here and protest. Let's go over here and burn some shit down it, it, it's not less oh well it wasn't any of that it's like yo these are the facts this is what we know this is what we've been through this is what we see this is what is happening has happened and will happen and do with that information what you will you know what i mean and you create you create how you feel about it like it wasn't like we're trying to we're trying to make you feel something it's like this is the information and you take that with you. You know what I mean? Well, and, and the reason I called it the most Tanya Morgan song of all time is that it it's not in Tanya Morgan to make that a sad song because you want people to know that Tanya Morgan doesn't give up, right? That yeah. We, that we turn lemons into lemonade just because all these facts are real doesn't mean that we're cashing in our chips and, and that it's hopeless, right? Right. You know, when you talked about De La Soul, what I was thinking is Stakes as High is my favorite De La Soul album. And part of that reason, it's not on a critical level, it's that was the album I shoveled snow to. Uh-huh. I was forced to shovel snow when I brought the boombox outside. It was Stakes as High. <laughs> nice. It was, it was fun to listen to, but they were as pissed as I was to be shoveling snow. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. It's like, it's just the, the multi, it's just the, all the dynamics, you know, like this dynamic, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that that's a big part of it too. Like, you know, if you, I don't see how people can't, I feel like people go out of their way to not be dynamic, to not just cover all bases of who they are. Like, cause you hear it. Sometimes people just sound like cartoon characters or just, you just sound like you yeah, you just sound like a character and it's like, but what about what about what about the rest of you? And like people that all of the, the artists that people like the most, like some of the most popular artists, they get into like a multi-dimensional bag. Somebody like a, a, a J. Cole, you'll hear vulnerable stuff from him, and then he'll also brag about some shit. And like and then he'll he'll tell you, you know, he'll he'll tell you. All kinds of shit. Kendrick will tell you all kinds of shit. Even, even the Jay Z of today will give you a full forty-four. And even back then, he gave you vulnerable stuff. It was, it wasn't as vulnerable, but because you you have to be multi-dimensional. And like I look at a lot of people, and you may have fans right now, but if you're just a character, you're not gonna get you're not gonna get far. You know what I mean? Like, like you mentioned Jay Z. Like when I think about Jay Z. Um, regrets and you must love me like those were like on early on, on those were like early on like you know we were the the character of jay-z is like you know just the street hustler 
building empire was so fully developed and fleshed out that for him to like let those two things be a part of the canon where it's just like oh by the way this is also part of the journey like that those are two of my favorite records ever you know what i'm saying like right. by him, and, and it is largely because it stood in such drastic contrast to everything else but also it's just like vulnerability you know what i'm saying like and i think that I think that that's what everybody wants to connect to what they're listening to and connect to the artist. And a lot of artists, not a lot of artists, like I'll just, I'll just say there's a lot of empty calories on albums. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. albums just aren't necessarily lean. It's, it's tailored to be playlisted. It's tailored to be, to perform because it's a product. You know what I'm saying? It's not just, it's not just me and Von P deciding we're going to make an album because we feel like making an album is, it's you have a job <laughs> and your, yeah. job is, your job is fulfilling the, the requirements of label X and we need 20, we need X, Y, Z songs to be an album. You know what I'm saying? Our stuff always comes from like, we try to be, we just try to just be real about it. We try to like, yeah. where, 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 where are my emotions at today? <laughs> you know I what mean, I mean? Kinda, we definitely feel a, feel a uh, responsibility and an urgency to make the music. So it's not like we're just sitting around, but, you know, it's it's and, and our our motives when making music are just different. You know what I'm saying? I yeah, and he, I was gonna quote my. I've decided my favorite lyrical record on the album is "Boots in Practice." Definitely, the Don Will Show. So, <laughs> I mean, on you trying to describe things that you've never seen, just show up with wide eyes and keep your hearts clean. Mm-hmm. I mean, a little later, clickbait hustle can't kill what it can't catch. I mean, it's, yeah. yeah. I mean, hold well, you know, uh, to, thank to, you. Uh, thank you. To touch on that, I mean, like, my thing is just stay curious. You know what I'm saying? Like, and articulating that was, that's kind of like me articulating that in a, in a more elaborate way. But yeah, just stay curious. You know, like, don't, don't, don't. Don't speak about things you don't know. Just go figure out something and then talk about it after you figure it out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what that's what I mean when I say that's what I mean when I say I I, I hand the 19 year old the beer and Don is like, hey, you know what? Never drink liquor after beer. Like he'll teach <laughs> like he'll teach you something too. So it's like I'm like, hey, come over here, let's hang out. And Don is like, yeah, we kicking it. But yo, show up with wide eyes and keep your hearts clean. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like he, That's, like it's it's that kind of stuff all throughout the album. You know what I mean? The, yeah, there are definitely like write that down and live by it moments in Don and Vaughn. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and it was when you were talking about empty calories. Was thinking, like so, I came up in the local slam poetry scene, not doing like not just as a part of it, trying to help people and like be a part of the thing. Uh, and I would see people kind of. You know, when they got on the stage, they would become improved versions of themselves, right? They would mm -hmm. become a hero to the audience, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and so I decided that when I came up with my first book, it would be called The Miserable Jerk Collection, just so I could give people <laughs> the raw shit of how people live. Like, not everybody's a hero, and that's okay. Like, you know, there's, you know, it, what is it? There was, uh, Vaughn, did you say, like, I robbed a lot of cars to find me. Oh, that was oh, that was Don. Yeah, Don, sorry. Yep. yeah, that's one of my favorites too. Like that's that's, that's one of my favorite verses too. Incredible one. Yeah. yeah, you know, like there's I've I've been through several. I've, I've, I've you you try to find yourself. You know what I'm saying? As a kid trying to find yourself, figure shit out. You do some dumb shit, 
Um, and as an adult, you do dumb shit because you're always evolving, you're always growing and changing. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, like me stealing cars and breaking into shit and like trying to like do whatever is the same as me um, trying to figure out, you know, like just me trying to figure out some adult shit. It's, it's, it's all coming from the same place. It's just how do you, you know, how do you see yourself in, in the right now? Yeah. And I, what I like about that too is like in the same, in that same verse, you like, you related to like being a dad. And it's like, okay, well, now I have to teach another human some shit. This is what I've been through. And now I got to teach another human being how to get where I am. You know what I mean? And that's like, again, that's some more vulnerability. It's just like, yo, I was this kid. Now I have a kid. And now I got to figure this out. You know what I mean? And that, that goes into like when you become an adult and realize your parents are just people. And like, you know, that, that's how I that's how I hear that verse. And that's why I love it. You know what I mean? I mean, after school special is is unbelievable in terms of that, like the way it starts, even smokers had candy. Dealers had candy. Maybe dope was so new. The hood was still family. Like mm-hmm. just the, the loss, the sense of loss in that. Is so powerful, uh, and and that's a hundred percent true because I, it was just one day when we were when we were, um, I think we were wrapping the album, October twenty eighteen because it was supposed to come out. No, it might have been twenty nineteen because it was supposed to come out twenty twenty. So I want to say, maybe twenty nineteen we were wrapping the album, and it was around Halloween, and I was thinking, when I was a kid, you know, we were in like the, the the bad neighborhood quote unquote and we knocked on everybody's door and some of those some of those doors are the trap house right some of those doors are like the the fiend's house not to not to reduce them to just being on drugs but you know like mm-hmm. somebody will answer the door and clearly this is a person that's an addict but they got candy right and they and there's nothing in the candy and they're looking at us saying how cute we look and they're giving us candy that's perfectly fine. And they go back to, you know, dealing with their addictions or whatever. And right. then you got the people that was in the house that, you know, they, they you know, um, I was born in 81. So, you know, you answer the door with your, your felas velour suit on and your big rope gold chain or whatever. And we know that person sells drugs. But guess what? They got candy too, and they're like, "Oh, they're giving you the full candy bar." <laughs> yeah. But it's like everybody is participating in this community thing, That's and awesome. it's not just what you see on in Juice or whatever. You know what I mean? It's not just boys in the hood. It's like the hood is the hood is family. The hood was family, and you know, I just want to capture that. If you look at if, even if you look at Fresh Lemonade, like reference Fresh Lemonade in my verse. What I was saying earlier about it being like, you know, you got to figure out they want to they they either want to kill you or they want everything you have. Like like that Vaughn's versus in that middle area. It's in that gray area. It's in the area where they, they just kind of we you're kind of expected to just live there and be there, but not thrive. You know what I'm saying? And like instead you find community and like 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 no matter what, no matter what they put in the community to tear people apart and, and like tear shit down. It's like, well, no, this is still, these are still my neighbors. You know what I'm saying? And then you have somebody that moves into the neighborhood 
who doesn't understand that those are your neighbors and they're just kind of like, well, that guy's a drug dealer. No, that guy's Mark from fucking apartment 3B. He sells drugs because he didn't really have a choice. Like, like I, I, you know I mean, look, Mark, Mark's still doing some fucked up shit, but Mark's still part of the community. Right, right, <laughs> like, right. You know, they, 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 he's not just, he's still, again, he, it goes back to like, he has dimensions, he has dynamics to him. It's like, he doesn't wake up like that, um, that black sheep skit. You wake up, brush your teeth, and shoot your mother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like Mark the drug dealer. He he had candy. The 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 person that's on drugs, he had candy, and you know, and that was a real thing. So I put it in a song. I was like, yeah, I've never, I never thought about that like that. And I wanna, I wanna say that. I wanna figure out how to say that in the song. So it was just it, randomly ended up with a kind of a Halloween song, damn near. You know, it's beautiful, and 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 the whole. Thing about longevity in there is fabulous. The before you start calling a brother an OG I'm from the project, so getting old is fine to me. Longevity is dope too. You can't see it, so you try and say it's less cool. Um, mm-hmm. That's just such a yeah. That that's great. It's 2020 perspective. Uh, and that that was around the time of when you know, and I think they gotten older and they they try they starting to think about it different now. So I don't mind saying the names, but like when the, you know, the Yachty's and them first came out and they were like, I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to be 25 still rapping, man, that's that old shit. And it's like, bro, you, you sound crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think they're looking at that different now, kind of like with maturity, but I was talking to like cats like them. It was almost kind of like that, um, intro to the fall offs record where, uh, where you know to go back to Cole again, where he's like, "Hey man, the young cats, you have a you have a whole life ahead of you. You have a career ahead of you if you want it. Don't sell yourself short. Don't try to make it cool. To don't pretend that you don't want to try. You know what I mean? Right. Like right. like again, going back to we can go back to the locks and dipset thing. It's like it's cool to try. Like this time being cool is not the way to go. This time, you know, like." Show me that. Show me your professional shit. Show me you're trying. Show me that you care. That's cool. And like, even with the pandemic, like, I feel like music made a comeback damn near. Because if you go back to pre-pandemic, it still was like, it was about all the antics more than anything. And when we all got trapped in our house, the DJ started saving us. And people, catalog battles, like, verses started saving us. Music, music, Started saving motherfuckers during the pandemic. And then you got literally one of the, the best verses being cool lost. And I love Dipset's no clearly no disrespect to Dipset, but it's like no. so like you know, I was that was me talking to the younger cats, like, yo, stop acting like you don't still wanna be here. Stop acting like you don't wanna be professional. Like you grew up on Wayne, Wayne been out for 20 years. You wanna be out 20 years. Don't act like Yo, I'm just here to get my bag, my bag and be out. No, you don't. You want to be out. You still want to be around. You want to be cool. You want to be alive. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that's no, what that it, was. It kind of feels, and it's, so yes, having set this up for a while, like I've seen waves of this, right? New people mm-hmm. being like, I don't care about old hip hop and I'm not going to be old hip hop. And it kind of feels like when you're young uh, and you don't want to admit you're in love with anybody. You right relationships you're like no, no 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 and then like 
eventually you you grow out of it and you're just like yeah i'm gonna admit i love this i love this person like, uh, and, I, I was waiting for um i was waiting for like earl and them to get older i was waiting for earl and them to hit 30 because now like you know people like uh vent staples all of them when you watch them now with more perspective Okay. It's like, yo, man, these these motherfuckers, they're not saying these young motherfuckers yet, but they're like, yeah, man, these dumb motherfuckers, blah, blah, blah. What you're basically saying is these young kids don't know nothing, but you don't want to admit you're saying that yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I they- when, I, when, when I was 30, I was like, man, these motherfuckers, and that just is care. It's care. And there's nothing wrong with caring, man. It's, it's not, maybe yeah. it's corny to say still, but when you're young, you don't want to act like you care for whatever reason. Totally. But you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it, it, back to, so Don and Vaughn, the last real Don and Vaughn question I got interested in. The end of, of Tanya in the Sky with Diamonds and We Go a High, there's a beat switch into an extra verse by one of you. Don on Tanya in the Sky, Vaughn on We Go High. I think. You mm-hmm. that idea, and, right? Yeah, and um, Don did all those, interl- he produced the interludes too, yeah. So how did that come about? That's such a, a cool touch to what, to uh, what um I think okay on on you get what you pay for the last full Tanya Morgan album, Don had produced because um, you know, we we went with we did skits for that album where it was like supposed to be a telethon, and uh right. Don produced all the background music on those. Yeah. And me, I was like, man, I don't want Don to think. I don't want him to think I keep hitting him up for, for background beats. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it was like, yo, let's, let's get these, like we have the album, but let's get some beats from you on the album, but let's, let's use those to tie the album together. And at first, if I'm not mistaken, Don, your first thought was these are all going to be um, scratch interludes for brick beats to cut on every song. Yeah, I think so. And um, and that's that's how we have cuts on like the one I did when I was doing what, what we call my Nipsey Hustle impression, where I was in like <laughs> rapping and taking all the spaces. Um, I was doing my Nipsey flow and like Brick is cutting in between all of them. It's because Brick had cut to the whole track. And um, it turned into, yo, let's rap to these beats. Right. But how can we let's still incorporate Brick? And, um, you know, we, we had Germicide come in and do one. And um, at the end of uh, Reaching the Sky, we just let we just let that one left that one roll. But, um, yeah, it was all like, let's take that's rap to these beats. I just but let's use that. them to, like, bridge the album together. It's almost like on um, in Rubber Souls, how we had the rap intermissions on that album. So yeah. this, it's kind of like a continuation of that. It's like a it's like a. It's like us morphing everything together to make it make sense. Like the interludes with us rapping, it's kind of like rubber soles, but the production being Don ties because he did the interludes on the last album. So it's like we almost combined interlude traits from two different albums, I guess, and turned it into, you know, that. Yeah. And now, now hopefully Don is going to produce a project for me. So. <laughs> oh, that would be dope. It's, it's happening. It's, yeah. I'm, working. I'm working on it. That's awesome. And like I said, and we're producing uh, the Spec, the Rob Cave, aka Spec Boogie Project. We're producing that together too. So that's more, more Don Will beats on the way. And he also had 
critically acclaimed space project. That was his shit this year, too. We support each other's shit. <laughs> That's awesome. No, it's 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 a hell of a journey. And it's it's just one of those, like in terms of movies, it's what I would call a rewatchable classic, right? Like Thank you. My cousin Vinny comes on and you're just like, all right, let's let's watch yeah. it. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I just hope Man, people- that, that's awesome for real. That's all. Like I said, we just wanted people to hear it and be like, they still got it. And for people to hear it, say we still got it, and to still be listening to it, and and some people being like, yo, this is a classic. It's like, what more can you ask for, man? Like, as far as what we do, like, what more can you ask for? You know? Right. Yeah. I was, I was short of short of it going platinum or something. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. yeah, that's before. So <laughs> But, but yeah, I was going to say, in terms of consumption habits, like everybody's bouncing around, but you also have these times in your life where there's downtime. You don't have to listen to new stuff, and you're like, now nah, I just need to do some dishes. <laughs> what am I, mm-hmm. I going to you know, listen to while I do the dishes? Or like, I, my nickname for that is the bullpen, right? That like, yeah. I have a bunch of stuff in the bullpen that like, uh, I shut off my critic brain. And I just enjoy the shit out, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and that's how I got to love YL and on all these other things. So, mm-hmm. and yeah, Don and Vaughn was immediately running the bullpen in terms of just, just enjoying it, rocking it out. And then I saw Alaska, Alaska tweeted about going into the listening party and how great it was. And just everybody's, everybody's loving it. So. Yeah. Man. I, yeah. That's, I'm just, I'm just happy as hell that, is is it's worked out for real. Like like just like I said, man, what what more could we ask for in terms of like we've been doing it this long and it's it's, it's got a dope ass response. And even our peers are like we're we're like we, we motivate, we all motivate each other. So even having some of our peers be like, yo, man, your new shit inspired me. I'm about to go make some new shit. I, I haven't made anything in a year or whatever. And it's like that's dope as hell, like you know, right? No, the yeah, joke, exactly. the joke, the joke that I have with with my friends is that like, hip hop is the only good, well functioning thing in America. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. the only healthy thing in America is hip hop for some reason, and it's and it's because they haven't broken the community of it yet. Um, mm-hmm. That it's still at the end of the day, like. It doesn't matter if I didn't don't like you. If you killed it on stage, you know, I'm going to lose it, right? Mm-hmm. Because I care about the art. I care about, you know, how, how this is done. Uh, right. And, yeah. So the cool thing is that with Tanya Morgan, like there's a bunch of people listening to you for the first time because of. Yeah. Uh, I, I read I read one. I read a review today. Not a review, but like a like somebody had left like a yeah, like I guess a review. And um it's on it's on like the band camp. And I, I think he said, I know Vaughn from Vaughn C's, I know Don Will from Laura's song. And I I just wasn't listening to anything else. And I just so happened to stumble on Laura's song is from 10 years ago, and Lord knows Vaughn C's is from 50 years ago. And he was like, I just so happened to stumble on Don and Vaughn, and it's one of my favorite shits this year. 
And I'm like, man, you ain't even you from you from back in the day, but you wasn't even keeping up. Doesn't even matter. You came back today. You know what I mean? That's 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 dope. Because today matters. Exactly. So, right. Well, and, and, and the Don Vaughn did make me feel terrible in the sense that when it was when I realized it was great, I was like, how long has Tanya Morgan been around? And I was like, and I realized I was like, I don't really vividly remember hip hop before Tanya Morgan. <laughs> like, wow. It's like patches, you know, it's like Slick Rick in his grandmother's fur coat. And it's like, you know, <laughs> yeah. and it's, it's patchy, you know, uh, I was like, man, I've been taking Tanya Morgan for granted. Like, but and that, that's you know, another but, trick, man. Totally. That, that's a more like that's we talked about that. It was like tortoise and the hare, man. Like that was another reason, like the approach of doing a retrospective doing like releasing the track listing with like all of our clips of all our videos through the years it was a trick to be like hi ah, you didn't even know we've been around this long ha 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 we, we longevity we've been we here did, we didn't know <laughs> like you know what i'm saying like we, yeah. were, we were marveling at the fact we've been around I, re, I think it was when the moonlighting anniversary happened we were just like what this can't be right 15 yeah <laughs> yeah so like really that like to me that was like the most that was a skullduggery ass trick where people are like, I've been listening to these motherfuckers for 15 years. How? Well, yeah. And, and like, yep, you have <laughs> no the wild part is so I live in Maine. I've lived in Maine uh -huh. most of my life. And so like I don't live in New York. I don't know who's cool or not cool in New York. You know what I mean? Like I don't mm -hmm. uh I have to hear third hand when somebody says something weird about somebody. But like I've never heard anyone say a bad word about Tanya Morgan. <laughs> in my life anybody i've ever bumped into who knew of tanya morgan was like still great hey man man um uh, uh guy um travel Montes manager and partner we were we were talking to him years ago we were we were playing uh you get what you pay for album the demos for him and he was like man you know a good thing about y'all y'all been out for a while but there's no whack juice on your name <laughs> And he was like, yeah, man, you know, you go around and people don't really have too many bad things to say, man. It ain't no whack juice on y'all. So hold on to that. Try to keep it that way. <laughs> yeah, you know, so I, I, I think I, about that, you know. I attribute that to drinking water and minding my business. I, I don't, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> What's the, the infamous logic quote? I don't, I don't fuck with anybody. I don't fuck yeah, with them. Hey, like, like, yeah, man, just like that, try, to, try I, to be like a good hang. Like Don, like you said to me one day, he was like, man, it's about being a good hang, yo. That's don't it. get don't get caught up on your own shit too much and you know yeah and like you know like my, my thing is uh i don't know I, we, we definitely have rapport and relationships with a bunch of people in the music community and like you know we just get in where we you know like, like it's, it's i don't know i don't know how we've managed to keep such a a clean reputation <laughs> but i think it's just because again like we we we're this, we don't really come with intentions like bad intentions if, if we're around it's it's only to add to the add to the environment give something and then like you know leave it better than it was it's, it's not it's not about how do we extract some value from this thing it's just about how do we add value you know and I, I i don't know why this metaphor is coming to me but like mark Marin on his podcast whenever a comedian would come on he could he would start making fun of them about terrible album covers so he would be like, 
You'd be like, you proud of that one? In the tuxedo throwing bubbles <laughs> in the air? Because that ain't you. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. And like, you, like, because his whole point was like, if that ain't you, why did you do it? Like, don't fucking sell, sell yourself short. For That's this funny. <laughs> and you guys just don't have any of that shit. If you listen to, um, you know, Moonlighting, if you go to Brooklynati, if you go to Rubber Souls, it's a clear progression of these people. Um, and, and, and that's it's like, wait, you're just hanging out with us on every album. Just, even if it's a concept album, you're just hanging out with us, you know? And that's what, it, to overthink the cover for a second, the, the cool part is you sitting on the moon looking at the earth is, um, that's kind of how Tanya Morgan felt in terms of, you've never been caught up in a wave of music. It's not like, oh man, Tanya Morgan, have you heard their hyphy now? Like that doesn't, that doesn't <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, that, that, that's one of the yeah like we, we say with the cover we'd like to say that um if you can you can interpret it however you want but that is one of the interpretations it's just like man we we just we don't think we better than anybody but we are just in the corner kind of just looking at what's going on not because we think we better but just because we're trying to like you know keep a footing like all right what's going on over here all right, what do we do? How do we react to this? Not adapt to it, but how do we react to it? Right. You know? Yeah, and, and the move, the, it's better to kind of be in your own space, doing your own thing long-term because yeah. movements and waves like that, there's high tide and low tide and you break with the, with the low tide. Um, yeah. So, you, you know, sometimes people get washed away um, in that. So you guys absolutely were never a part of that. So that, I appreciate it. Um, Thank you. This album really puts the career in perspective. Uh, yeah, everybody, buy Don and Vaughn. Get me a grown man rap hat. <laughs> we we we've been thinking about should we like we've been thinking should we make merch that says that that um I, I yeah, think we we, we, we getting we some merch together. So grown man rap exclamation. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> but uh yeah no i appreciate you coming on uh anything else to plug anything else people should know uh, um yeah just don and vaughn are still out we got the um we got the no tricks video coming soon we have um oh, you know and we're not we're not about to we're not going into hibernation you know we're going to keep going and um yeah we, we know got- we, we got we got stuff planned you know we got we got we got we got stuff on the way coming out, but right now, uh if you enjoy Don and Vaughn, that um Vaughn P and the Lucid are the dirty deacon and TSLP is out too. You know what I'm saying? So you know, if, if you want to if, if you if you heard it and you want to hear more, or if you're just looking for something else to listen to, that's a great companion piece. And the legendary the legendary is still rocking. We got stuff coming. Shea Grand's coming, uh Spec Boogie Tanya Moga's coming. Spec Boogie and other people, Spec Boogie and uh, small professor, legendary hip hop, legendary yeah. hip hop producers that I won't say yet. I'm not talking about us, other people. We got coming. We got a lot coming. You know, uh, as a collective, man, go go get the Armin Hammer and Alchemist album, Haram. Haram. Man, we just we we out here, man. We just the legendary is still the legendary is still the legendary, yo. Yeah, we working. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. It's, it's, it's been amazing to do this. And uh, yeah, I would just say, you know, 
everybody cop up and support uh yeah the people you're enjoying 